Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Paul Monroe. I'm the pastor that, with a part of the family that meets uh, regularly over in Owl's Head. It's always a joy to be together in Christ. Any amens out there? I just want you to take a look around at uh, your faces around here, because these are faces that many of whom you're going to see for a long time, like forever. Okay, that's a good thing. We like that. Um, you know, the days of people gathering out of duty seem to be passing away. People don't come to church because they have to. Uh, maybe some still come because their moms and dads forced them. But most of you are here because you want to be here. You want to know the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, on a day like this, when we gather as three congregations, three parts of the same family, you need to be aware, well, that's a big event in the big coast. It's a small thing. We are also gathering in spirit today with brothers and sisters around the entire world. Some have already been awake before us and risen and worshiped the Lord. And some are just waking up now preparing to worship the Lord. As the world turns around the sun today, all and every hour there will be people lifting up praises to the name of our God. And what we're here to celebrate today is the fact that some have come to an understanding that Jesus is Lord. And by that, I don't mean just that they believe he's forgiven their sins, but that they've started out a new allegiance in life. They're not in charge of their lives any longer. Baptism is that expression of, hey, it's not about me. It's about the one who's in charge of everything. And I'm happy to be part of his family. Can I get any amens out there? So um, with that, I'm going to read to you the scripture that Adam's asked me to read from Romans chapter 6, the passage that is ripe with um, understanding about what it means to live anew in Christ. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, we ask that you bring this reading to our hearts and minds and be with Adam as he helps us understand it better, that it might not just be in our minds, but it might be in our hearts as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Today's an exciting day. This is something new. It's something that we haven't done before. 
these three churches coming together and having a baptism service together. And we love new things, don't we? You know, we, we, like, we like new and novel things. You know, again, a, a new haircut, a new dress, a new house, a new car. In fact, we like new things so much, I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but you can actually, speaking of new cars, you can get a bottle of new car scent. You can spray it inside your car to make your car smell new again. Like, we love new things and the idea of new things. And friends, Jesus has come to give us something better than just smelling new. Better than just looking new. Better than just feeling new. He's actually come to make us new. He has come to make us new. And friends, that's the gospel. That's the good news that we've come to celebrate today in baptism. But we should probably begin with the painful truth. You know, the painful truth is that we are too easily contented with less than what Jesus has come to give us. Friends, we are too easily contented with less than what Jesus has come to give. You know, just like the the little new car fragrance, we're kind of content to spritz a little bit of a new life smell here or there and call it good. Or, Or maybe pleased to have Jesus show up in our lives and, you know, clean things up a little bit. Or just get a little hit of Jesus to make you feel better. Or a little nip of Jesus to get you over the hump of the trial that you're facing. But friends, Jesus didn't just come so that you could smell, look, or feel new. He actually came to make you new. Don't settle for mere appearance. Don't settle for incremental improvements. Christ has come to make you and I fully, completely, and radically new. That's the gospel. That is what we have come to celebrate today in baptism. The newness of life that Christ has come to give. And this morning, Pastor Paul read to us from the Apostle Paul. No relation between the two. But Pastor Paul read for us from the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul was explaining to the church in Rome the good news of the new life that Jesus has come to bring us. And so the Apostle began with a hypothetical question we heard in verse 1. He said, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Because, friends, hear the gospel. It's the good news that we sang together this morning. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. The gospel, the good news is that the more we dish it out, the more he dishes it out. God's grace is greater. His grace is greater than all of our sin. There's no sin so heinous, and there's no amount of sin too great that His mercy is not more. That His grace is not greater. Friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And some of you here today, in person or logged on online, God might have brought you just to hear that good news. Because some of you might have walked in here today or logged on online and you might be overwhelmed with the weight of your sin. You might have shown up here today feeling like your addictions and these habits, they're unyielding. I just can't break them. Your efforts have all been insufficient. Your freedom, maybe you get partial freedom here and there, but it's only temporary. Your victories, those victories over sin, they're they're, they're fleeting. They don't last very long. And the guilt and the weight of carrying it and hiding it is just crushing you. And maybe God brought you here just to hear that gospel. 
the good news that Jesus Christ has come to bring us new life. That our sins, they are many. But friends, His mercy is more. And so no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how you have or currently struggle, our sins are many, but His mercy is more. You can be forgiven of the past. You can be freed in the present. He can reform your future. Christ has come to make you new. This is the Gospel. This is the good news. And if you want to begin this newness of life, If you're here and you're saying, well, God clearly brought me here because that's the message I've been waiting to hear. Then I would love to talk to you after the service. If you're online, I'd love for you to email me, pastor at chestnutstreetbaptist.org, because I would love to talk to you more so that you too can begin this new life that Jesus Christ has come to offer and that we're all going to celebrate as we go down into the waters of baptism. But Paul goes on in his argument because there's a problem with this truth. It's not really a problem with the truth. It's a problem with us and how we abuse this truth. You see, opponents of the Apostle Paul thought, wow, that's good news. But it's, it's too good. The news is just too good because they worried if God's mercy is more and His grace is always greater, then isn't that just going to encourage people to keep on sinning? You, you know, I mean, we've all heard it before and maybe... If we're honest, some of us have used a variation of this one. Well, I know it's wrong, but, but God has to forgive me because of His mercy, because of His grace. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe, maybe you've used that. But Paul goes on to address this very question and the foolishness of this type of thinking in verse 2. He says, how can we who died to sin still live in it? You see, what does Paul do? Paul says, church, church in Rome, church today, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. And look at verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with Jesus by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, let's step back and For a moment, let's be honest here. Baptism, what we're about to do, this is kind of a peculiar practice. I mean, in a little while, you're going to watch me fully clothed walk into a tank of water. And then I'm going to take some other fully clothed people into that tank with me. And I'm going to dunk them in the water. And then I'm going to lift them up. And we're all going to cheer. You know, I mean, in and of itself, baptism looks a little bizarre, doesn't it? But understood correctly. Understood correctly, it's a powerful picture of the unseen reality of what Jesus Christ has come to do. Because baptism pictures that when we by faith put our trust in what Jesus has done, we are symbolically buried with Jesus by baptism into death. We go down into the water. Our sin is washed away. Our old life dies and is buried with Him. But the good news is, I don't keep people down in the water. The good news is that we don't stay in the water dead and buried because, friends, the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus did not stay dead and buried. Jesus did not stay dead and buried, but rather on the third day He arose victorious over sin and death and hell. And because He has risen, we too rise from the water. We rise from the grave to live a new life. 
Because Jesus Christ took upon Himself the penalty for our sins on the cross and on the third day rose again to life so that you and I might walk in newness of life. That's what Paul reminds the church in Rome of and what he reminds us of today. That we are called to live in newness of life by faith. Our sin, our old life is dead. It's buried. It's washed away. It's gone. And by faith, we rise again to live a new life. Baptism is unusual, but it's such a fitting and perfect practice. And church, this is not surprising that we would practice such a a peculiar practice because we are supposed to be a peculiar people. And, And... We who are living a new life in Jesus are bound to look a little peculiar. Or at least we should, shouldn't we? I mean, if by faith you've trusted Jesus and dying and rising with Him, then you're no longer fit to live a normal life. If your old life has died and a new life has come, then you're no longer fit for that old life that was just laid in the grave. So how can you go on sinning anymore, Paul asks. And this is instead what he argues. Look at verses 6 and 7. We know our old self was crucified with Jesus in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. You see, Paul's saying, if you've been raised to a new life, why would you continue obeying the old life? He uses the analogy here of slavery. I mean, obviously, if a slave died, he or she was free from the authority and the power of his or her old master. And Paul writes in the same way, if you died with Christ, your old life's been buried, it's gone, you're freed from the authority and the power of your sins. You're freed from the authority and the power of your old life. So why would you continue serving your old master? Why would you continue serving your old sins and desires that once enslaved you and were killing you? Baptism pictures the unseen reality, friends, that you and I, we who have died with Jesus Christ, we've been raised to walk with Him in newness of life. So why would we keep on walking in ways that were killing us? Why would we consider pursuing the toxins that were poisoning our souls? Why should we return to the addictions and the habits and the patterns that promised us life but only brought us death? Why would we heed the siren song of those past masters in that past life? You know, I I love the story of the man that we today know as St. Augustine. Before Augustine came to Christ, it said that he was quite the playboy. He was quite the ladies' man. And in his former life, he had a mistress named Claudia. And shortly after Augustine came to Jesus Christ, Claudia saw Augustine on the street, walking down the street, and she called to him, Augustine! Augustine! But he ignored her, and he kept on walking. But that didn't stop her. She she followed him and, and yelled all the louder, Augustine! Augustine! It's Claudia! And Augustine said, But it's no longer Augustine. And he kept walking on his way. It's no longer Augustine. I've died. The old is gone. And the new has come. 
And friends, in baptism, we declare that our old life, our old self, our sins and the power. You can take that scripture down, Samuel. We're not there yet. In baptism, we declare that our old life, our old self, our sins and their power and allure have died and are buried with Jesus. And we have spiritually risen with Jesus to live in newness of life. So friends, when your old life calls you, when your old sins call, when your old habits invite you, when guilt knocks on your door, when shame drags up your past, when regret rears its ugly head and they beckon you and they say, it is I, we can triumphantly in Jesus Christ say, but it is no longer I. I'm living a new life. You no longer have authority and power over me because I am in Christ and I am living a new life. Friends, this is the good news that baptism declares. In Jesus Christ, the old is gone. It is dead. It is buried. And we have risen spiritually to a new life with Christ. So followers of Jesus, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. Are you living the truth proclaimed? Are you living the power of new life in Christ? You know, Pastor Philip Brooke wrote, the great Easter truth is not that we live newly after death. That's not the great thing. But that we are to be new here and now by the power of the resurrection. Friends, we live new here and now by the power of the resurrection. The old is gone. We no longer need to serve past sins, addictions, desires. We no longer need to be slaves to guilt and to shame and fear of the past because the old is gone. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we've risen to walk in newness of life. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 triumphantly declares, yes, put it up there now, Samuel. Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news that we all need. You and I don't just need a spritz of new life smell. We don't just need Jesus to come in and clean us up a little bit. We don't need just a little hit of Jesus to make us feel better. What you and I most need is we need to be made completely new. We need What the reality of baptism proclaims. Baptism proclaims that is the reality of what Christ has done. We need that reality. We died to the old life and to sin. We are risen in Christ to the new life. And so it is Paul concludes in verse 11. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Friends, baptism is a peculiar act to symbolize a peculiar reality that in Christ Jesus, the old is dead and gone and buried. And in Christ, we are raised from the watery grave to live in newness of life and raised. We're no longer suited to live a normal life. We're no longer suited to continue in the sin and the patterns of the world in which we once lived. If you've been raised by Christ to new life, then we should expect some disruption in our life, shouldn't we? We should expect to be changed, to be transformed. We should expect to be living a new and not quite normal life. Baptism is a peculiar act. And it marks us as a peculiar people. And church, if that's true, 
then why is it that we so often blend in so well with the world? The peculiar act marks us as a peculiar people because we're living a peculiar, a new life. So how can we continue to blend in so well? I mean, if we've, been, if we've risen with Jesus to live and walk in newness of life, shouldn't, shouldn't we be different from the people around us? Shouldn't we be peculiar and, and a bit abnormal in, in such a way that the world would notice? The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, In your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And friends, when was the last time somebody looked at your life and they said, what's with this hope that you have? You're so different. You, you live differently. You act differently. You react differently. What's with this peculiar new life that you're living? Because I don't know what you've got, but I want some of it. When was the last time somebody looked at your life and said, tell me more about the hope, the joy, the peace, the patience that's coming out of your life? When was the last time somebody looked at your life and said, I want to live like you live? free of the crushing weight of guilt in the way that you don't seem to be weighed down by guilt. Or, or I want to live free of addictions and passions that are controlling me the way that I've seen you set free. Or, or I want to learn to love my wife and my children the way I've seen you love your wife and children. Or I want to learn to forgive people the way that I've seen you forgive people. Or I want to learn to love others the way that you love others. Church, are we living such a peculiar new life that others notice and they ask, what's going on? Because whatever you've got, I need it. You don't need it. You need Him. And baptism is unusual because we are marked as an unusual people who should be living and walking in an unusual and new life. We walk in the newness of life, free of the past sins and the desires that once controlled us, free of the things after which the people in this world chase, free and living fully in Jesus with the increasing fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control being produced and flowing forth from our lives. We are a peculiar people marked by a peculiar practice, living peculiar lives, all because of our peculiar, one-of-a-kind, all-glorious, ever-kind, abundantly merciful, perfectly holy Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Baptism testifies to the new life that Jesus has come to bring us. And friends, as we gather here today and as we witness these baptisms this morning, I pray that you are moved in one of two ways. I pray that you're moved in one of two ways. First, if you are here, or if you're watching us online, and you've never come to Jesus, and you've never come by faith and received the mercy which is more and the grace which is greater, I pray that you would come today and let your sin and old life, your guilt and your shame, be nailed to the cross, be laid in the grave, and to be done with it. And that by faith you spiritually might rise again to live and to walk in the newness of life that Christ has come to bring us. And if that's where you are today, friends, don't wait. After the service, when we're downstairs sharing cake and some time together, come talk to me. Approach me during the week. Contact me through email. I would love to talk so that you can know about the new life that is in Jesus Christ. And secondly... If you have come to Jesus and by faith you've been buried and you've risen again to live with Him, 
Church, if you're here and you're not walking fully in the newness of life, if other people are not seeing you differently or peculiar, if there are sins or habits of thought and action, mistresses from your old life after which you're pursuing and to which you find yourself drawn, although their power over you has been broken, you might find yourself still chasing after them, responding to the beck and call in your life. Friends, it's time to be free. It's time to be free. These last months I've been made aware and dealing with people who are justifying their sin, hiding their sin, minimizing their sin, avoiding accountability for their sin. They're doing everything but dying to their sin. Friends, Jesus Christ didn't rise from the grave so that sin could be managed. Jesus Christ rose from the grave so that sin could be killed. Jesus didn't come to clean up our old life. He came to lay that old life in the grave so that we could have something immeasurably better. So much better. New. New life. But yet we continue piddling around with the old life, coddling old sins, nurturing old biases, immersed in old ways of thinking, justifying old ways of acting, blending right in with the world. Brothers and sisters, it should not be. Sin cannot be minimized. It cannot be justified. It cannot be rationalized. It cannot be managed. It needs to be killed. It needs to be laid in the grave. And that's what Jesus Christ has come to do. So church, as you witness these baptisms, remember your own baptism. Remember the gospel. Sins are sins. They are many. But His mercy is more. His grace is greater than all of our sins. And so we can confess those sins. And the Bible says Jesus is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of unrighteousness. He'll bury those sins and His Spirit will come and cause us to walk in newness of life. So church, how and where are you clinging to the old life? Are there sins that you're clinging to that you need to confess, that you need Christ to forgive so that they can be buried? How do you need the Holy Spirit to work in you so that you might live fully in the newness of life that Jesus offers? The waters of baptism remind us of what Jesus offers us. Not just better or improved. Not just new car smell, but newness of life. And friends, have you received it? And if you have, are you fully living it? And if not, what stops you? Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we want it. We want the newness of life that Christ has come to bring us. We want to live it. We want to experience it. We need the old to be gone, killed, laid in the grave, and the new to come. And by the power of your resurrection, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may it be. As we celebrate baptism, Father, remind us of our baptisms. May we remember, may we celebrate, may we rejoice in what Christ is doing in these lives before us today, and may we, may we see it happen in our own lives. Those areas that we've been tempted, those ways that we've, we've wandered, Father, bring us back, and may we live new, new in Jesus Christ and the power of His Spirit. In His name we pray. Amen.